Hi, everybody, and welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name is Coco Gem Holiday, and I am doing this here solo this evening. So instead of doing a full episode completely by myself, I thought I'd actually give you guys a taste of a podcast I had worked on during COVID. Now, this podcast that we worked on wasn't actually heavily promoted because during COVID, we had this thing where we felt like it was really inappropriate to be promoting a podcast that we were just launching. And it was a podcast between me and my drag daughter, Touche Duche. So instead of having a regular episode of a Gem of a Secret podcast, what I'm going to do with this episode is I'm going to actually play you the first episode of Cooking Up a Queen with Touche Duche and Coco Gem Holiday. If you like that podcast, go ahead and like and subscribe to that limited series. Um, the entire series is out now, so you can listen to it whenever you so choose. Um, the reason we're doing this also is specifically just because we really want to be able to give another shout out to that podcast um, because um, as it was a limited series and it didn't get a lot of pickup during the first starts of COVID, um, you know, it'd just be good to be able to listen to that. And this is a drag related podcast with a Gem of a Secret podcast. And so, yeah, here you go. Hello, and welcome to Cooking Up a Queen, a beginner's guide to the flagrant and fanciful world of queer nightlife. Hosted by finalist of Camp One and Kiki Season 2, Coco Jim Holiday, and the Madonna of your masturbatory fantasies, Touche Douche. Now, without further ado, here are your hosts. Enjoy the show. Miss Coco, you've been doing this for a little bit now, for a good minute, and you've had a lot of experience with this. You've seen a lot of people come and go, come into this, get successful, or some people who have tried it. It wasn't necessarily their thing. Um, And me, I'm just a narcissist who likes to hear myself talk and think I know things. So that's why we're talking about uh, new queens and do's and don'ts of starting in drag. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how we started drag. So we can get our viewers, or sorry, our listeners, to be a little bit more understanding where we come from. Let's start with you, Drag Child. Uh, Let's see. Well, what got me into drag is I have a need to be seen by people and be remembered. Um, That's just something that burns inside of me. I want to be known, and drag was an avenue for me to do that because I do have a theatrical or artistic background. Um, it's a medium I can use to express myself in just about any way I want. And um, I'm not half bad at it. Yeah. So mine, so I started drag um, many moons ago because my boyfriend at the time was doing drag and it looked like a lot of fun. It looked like everybody knew his name and everybody, he was in these stages and he got to do all these cool things. And I just was like super jealous and, super wanted to be a part of that life and you know that was just I don't know it just looked like fun and then even when I started drag I didn't know anything really about drag race per se um I think I caught one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race um didn't really quite know what it was I just thought there were pretty women who were walking back and forth on stage that was pretty much all I thought it was oh funny story though um I thought (laughs) I thought that um, everybody's name was Shantae. (laughs) I did. It was absolutely ridiculous. I thought everybody's name was Shantae. And um, and I couldn't get, I couldn't quite understand why everybody said sashay away. Like what that meant. So that was- I mean, what is dancing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even get it. It was so ridiculous. Um, um, So that was my introduction to drag and drag alike and stuff like that. So- 
Um, one of the other things, though, about my introduction to drag is that there, I went to one drag show. I went to one drag show. And it was the only drag show, like, where you were? Or was it just very specifically a favorite of yours? It was was literally just one. There was one that happened in my growing up years. Um, When Uh I was in college, it was the university through a drag show. And um, that's where I got my introduction. And I was so interested in it. I thought it was cool and I thought it was weird. I I wanted to be the cool person who liked drag because drag was weird. So that right. I think I think a lot of us can relate to that who do this or maybe want to jump into it because um, there's a lot of people jumping on board, which we're going to talk about in our next section of the podcast. So we're going to take a quick break here, guys, and then we'll come back in with some more in depth on the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Are you starting out as a drag artist and are trying to figure out how to separate yourself from the rest of the pack? Maybe you've been doing drag for a while and you hit the oh-so-familiar plateau. My name is Coco Jim Holiday, and I started a business just for drag. I offer consultations as well as basic marketing skills along with web development. The CD's Drag is a complete package to amplify your drag to the next level. Like I always tell my customers, never leave a dollar on stage. Never forget to pack your wigs and be on the lookout for what's next. All this can be yours for a small fee. Visit us at www.thecdsdrag.com for more information. Once again, that's www.thecdsdrag.com. And we're back, everybody, to talk about um, our subject of the week, which is new queens and entering the drag world. Right. So, Coco, how long have you been doing this for? I think I've been doing drag for seven years, maybe. Seven years, a good round number, very holy, according to the Catholics. It's literally not a round number, but... um... (laughs) In religious terms, it is. I mean, goodness. We all have traumatic backgrounds, okay? And we got to pull from it somehow. Seriously, nobody starts (laughs) drag. Like I said this before on my other podcasts, nobody starts drag because they're put together. People start drag because there's something wrong with them. Oh, 100%, mama. Mama, 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 listen up. (laughs) Somebody here is very broken. (laughs) Because we have to, like, think about it. People use drag to unpack. Um, Yeah. They use drag to unpack, like, all their emotional traumas or their physical traumas. Uh Um, or their friendship traumas, or literally trauma on stage. It really is. And I think it's because it lends to escapism because of the amount of transformation people go through to get into it, from padding to costuming to hair to makeup. You can literally become a different person and lead a totally separate life. Like, up until people were getting on TV, drag queens, like, were not recognized unless they were in face. So they could literally take off their face in the back room and come out. Nobody knew it would be them at a bar. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. appreciated that when I started because, like, I had this whole uh, Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana complex because I started drag in a very small conservative city. Uh-huh. And I, um, I didn't want anybody I worked with to know I did drag. Um, so... And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like, because when you're starting, you don't know if you want people to really know who you are. Um, yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, I mean, I can understand from an outside perspective. I myself am a massive narcissist, so I want everyone to know it's me. But I can relate to what you're saying as an observer and respect that. Well, it's funny because I've always kind of wanted to live more so on your side of the spectrum. Like my husband today, um, you know, he says 
terms like my husband and you know my husband's coming to visit and me and my partner and blah blah like all these uh-huh. things like the second he started on his first day of work like I came up in the interview but for me like since I live in the career world like it didn't it doesn't come up automatically and drag I just came out as a drag queen I've been at this company um today is April t- we're in April and we're filming this and I started uh, my company in October. I started my company in October of last year, uh-huh. and I just came out as a drag queen like two weeks ago. And how did that go for you? Like that process? Um, it was scary, I guess. Like, and even being do- even doing drag this long, it's still intimidating because you don't know how straight people are going to react. Because like, drag does not put food on my table. Sorry, maybe it puts uh-huh. McDonald's on my table, but it doesn't really put food on my table or roof over my head. So, um, uh-huh. McDonald's and Taco Bell, that's really the staple of a drag queen. Seriously. With a little bit of cheap vodka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. For me, when I wanted to be more artistic and explore the world of drag, I was very open about it. I even started wearing like lipstick to work. I'd come in with my nails painted. I'd say, oh, my neighbor kids, they like wanted to play around when I was watching them. I don't watch my kids, my neighbor's kids because, um, I'm a raging homosexual and my lifestyle is not akin to child safety. Uh, but I would, I would joke about that and I'd be like, oh, they just were playing around and I'd come in with lipstick. I'd do a little bit of eyeshadow. It was very, um, I'm not going to say the F word from our community because some people are triggered by it. So I'll just say it was very blankety and it was just accepted. You know, I just let them know who I was and it is what it is. I feel like blankety would be a good drag name. <laughs> Baby queens for listening, blankety is up for grabs. Make sure you Google it first before you jump on it. Introducing the stage, blankety, <laughs> blankety, Miss Coronavirus and blankety coming to the stage. <laughs> that name will not be available for like six months to use. Like I feel like. I feel like that's too soon. There's already three of them, girl. For the love. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of, let's talk about some reasons that maybe people want to explore drag, like how you know this is something you want to get into. Yeah, so, like, let's not immediately go with the TV angle. Like, because obviously right. if you see something on TV, you might want to do it. We'll get to that a little bit later, but let's talk about, like, so your bigger city, small city, and you want to do drag, like what are some of the reasons or why do some people want to get in drag? Let's start with you, drag child. Yeah, so for for me, like I said previously, the reason I got in was because I just am an attention whore. I have this deep-seated need to be known by people and remembered, so drag seemed like a way I could do that. Another reason that I know a lot of people explore drag, and it's, it's very common and it's not brought up a lot in main media, is to explore gender. Um, there is a lot of non-binary transgendered individuals who do perform in drag as a way for them to find that release that they may not be able to have in their daily life. Because not everyone is as privileged as necessarily you or I, where we can make the choice to come out and, you know, live authentically that other people do. Yeah. Um, I noticed when I saw people starting drag, they started it because they saw me doing it. And like, cause I was in uh-huh. a smaller city um, they saw me having fun. They saw me making money. Um, and that's how a lot of people started where I came from. Some people started just because they were in an exposure scene. Like, so if you're in Vegas, a lot of people want to bring up, start drag because it looks like so much fun. Like they get letting all the right. bars for free. I remember back, 
back in Colorado, I used to, when I did a show, like I drank for free. Um, everybody knew my name. I never got carded. Um, like it was just such a super and amazing experience because of that. Um, yeah. So I know some people started for that, but a couple of the other more like normal reasons people want to start is because they um, have an idea about fashion. Uh-huh. And to be honest, women's fashion will always and forever be more expansive than male fashion. It just is. Yeah. Like we're yeah, not I, there yet for men to explore anything outside of like a floral covered suit. Um, yeah, the patriarchy, you know, it's still very prevalent in our daily lives. Yeah. So a lot of people who like, like they'll look at women's fashion and they're like, oh, I could do like this cute top that flows here or these designs or a skirt or a pant or a half pant that does all uh, these cute things and whatever. Or, and so people start exploring it, but they'll do it on themselves. Actually, some drag race uh, girls I know, um, actually like were started it because of fashion uh-huh. because of just fashion alone and they wanted to open their own line of clothing and they just decided to model it themselves uh, right yeah one of my final reasons though that i've seen especially from some of the people who made it on drag race is they were in theater in musical theater yeah and it gave them an opportunity to express themselves in a different way, go out for different parts. Like uh-huh. some people finally play Angel and Rent um, or whatever uh, uh-huh. in high school. And they're just like, oh, drag is fun. Like it's super silly and it's entertaining and whatever. Uh, or, uh-huh. And then of course in that same spectrum, like makeup artists, um, obviously male makeup is fun and whatever, but female makeup is still a lot more exaggerated. And so sometimes yeah. you learn to do drag makeup because of that. 100%. Yeah. And I think, you know, we see a lot of queens who have built successful careers off of it from queens who are on Drag Race. Like most recently, a friend of yours, Britta Filter, um, was working on touring Broadway productions all the way down to local levels. We have a queen here in Portland who is actually a national legend, Honey Hart, who works professionally in theater venues in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and she is a very successful queen here as well. Um, so that is a very common reason. I know I have a theatrical background myself. Um, back when I lived in San Diego. So when I came up to Portland, it was kind of like almost an easier transition to let me still pursue my art, but kind of on my own schedule. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and even for me, like, I know that, so I was just introduced to Kinky Boots for the first time ever. Yes, Kinky Boots, come through I, Billy Porter. Yeah, Billy Porter. Seriously, I could, um, watching Kinky Boots, um, I watched the live, like a live Broadway. And then of course I watched the movie. And we watched it together, right? The the UK West End version. Yes. And yeah, I remember that. Absolutely fantastic. It was beautiful and it was absolutely well made. And I think that that really put drag into a different perspective for me too. Like being able to be like, you know, there's like other than just making it on Drag Race or Dracula or something like that, maybe you go this route and just do drag on Broadway and Uh like be stunning in your own right and being really able to like hold your own in that venue. Like Uh that sounds kind of awesome there too. It really does. And I mean, drag has been a part of the culture, like in media for a long time. It's just now more recently become more into pop culture because we have films like Tu Wong Fu, Thank You um, for Everything, Miss Julie Newmar, where we have Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes up in it. And that's a whole movie where they were in drag. Or you have Mrs. Doubtfire, where Robin Williams is playing a very comedic old woman, you know. And even like you said with Broadway, drag has been very prevalent there for a long time from Hairspray. Um, I cannot remember his name. Harvey Firestein, is that right? 
Uh, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, please don't read us. We just don't know what we're doing. I'm kind of doing this off the cusp. Um, but I mean, there's been drag in mainstream media, but in popular culture, it's really become prevalent now, which is a reason I think that we should talk about just because it is a reason people do to get in drag is the fast fame. Um, there are some people who have an artistic ability or a talent or that star power um, who get into drag as a way to get famous very quickly. Um, some examples, like more recently, are Valentina. She'd only been doing drag, I think it was like 11 months, and now she's an international star touring the world, doing television, all that stuff. Yeah, and um, the fast fame is so interesting because like so to book so a few years ago to book a winner of drag race it was five thousand dollars a booking i know it's a lot more than that nowadays uh-huh. um, a lot more um probably to book a winner it's somewhere between like i would assume seven to ten thousand dollars yeah because i know bianca's booking fee like in 2016 it was released and she charges like twelve thousand in appearance dang yeah and that's bianca del rio if you guys you know, don't know anything about any queer world stuff. Um, she was a winner of RuPaul's Drag Race on season six. And she, most recently, her big accomplishment is she sold out her tour to the Wembley Arena in the UK, which is 10,000 plus seats. Dang. Yeah, no, she, it's becoming a powerhouse. And there's a lot of people who have been finding fame in it. Even all the way back to the beginning of Drag Race, you have Shangela, who literally went on the show after doing drag for six months. And now she is one of the most legendary names in the game, you know? She's working with Beyonce and all these other, you know, amazing stars and really made a name for herself from the show. Wow. Yeah. But this isn't a Drag Race Stan podcast. This is a podcast for new people. (laughs) And we won't talk about Drag Race in every episode, but it is really ingrained in our culture. Um, One Mm -hmm. of the things that you'll see people starting drag is because of Halloween. A lot of people start drag because of Halloween or amateur contests. Like they're out Uh of the bar a gay bar with their friends and there's an amateur drag contest. We'll give you the wig. Come up here and lip seek a song. Um, exactly. Yeah. Or even colleges, I think do a lot of amateur nights too. Like my community college I went to because mama didn't grow up rich. Um, they would have like an amateur drag night where you would come in to the theater department and makeup and costuming would put you all up in it. And it would be a big old competition night to raise money for charity. You know, I know that's another reason people get in it too. And pride is another big one. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and prides. People dress up for prides. Um, and it's funny because the, um, so this whole, this whole series will include bits and pieces of advice along the way. Um, so one of the things I did want to tell people is ask questions and do your research. Um, like it, from, from the get-go, if you're ever thinking about entering the drag world, just in general, do some research, like even basic research. Um, learning your history as we call it um is really important to be able to be functioning in our community to be able to actually do this thing that you want to do because it's not cheap um people (laughs) it's not cheap cheap. it's not cheap and what we mean is what we mean is you don't have to pay for everything up front but that it adds up after a while if you have more yeah. than one wig, it's going to cost money, obviously, unless somebody just donates all their wigs to you, which has happened. Um, if, you uh-huh. already, if you automatically know how to sew, that's why you're getting into drag, um, then at least you have that as a way to get ahead. But the makeup, right. runs, out. makeup runs out. 
It does. And it runs out so quickly. I mean, if you're buying professional stage makeup, if you're doing some more over-the-counter beauty store, or even just your drugstore for some reason that we can't think of, um, you know, makeup will run out very quickly and it is not cheap. It's one of the most um, marked up products in the retail industry um, is makeup and cosmetics. Yeah, I pick and choose when I get in drag now because uh-huh. I... Um, well, especially because this podcast is being filmed when we're in quarantine. Um, uh-huh. I do think it's kind of irresponsible to buy things online, um, you know, because yeah. people still have to go get it and make it and be delivered to me. Um, I'm trying to do my best to just go to grocery stores and go home. Um, but with that, it means that if I do like an online drag show, it does mean that I have to buy my makeup or I'm going to use makeup and then it's going to uh-huh. run out and then I have to buy more which means I can buy it online, um, which then defeats the purpose of being quarantined. So I'm really really busy about my gigs with that. And of course, we'll talk about drag shows a lot Uh later in this podcast in a couple of weeks or whatever. But this is our introduction for you all. So just the small tip, I guess, is drag can be expensive over over. Uh But stick with it because it can also be very rewarding. Um, Let's go ahead and take a break. And then we will come back with some highlights and a brief glimpse at our next episode. Hey everyone, I'm Donatella My Secrets. And I'm Coco Gem Holiday. Do you need a little dose of drag in your life? Whether you're a gigged queen on the go, a baby queen breaking into the scene, or just an all-around drag fanatic, a Gem of a Secret podcast is the PNW-based podcast to tune into. Every Thursday, you can examine the world through our eyelashes as two good judies discuss topical tea, herstory, and reasonable booking fees. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. For exclusive content and photos, check us out at a gem of a secret podcast.com. That's a gem of a secret podcast.com. Girl, where'd you get a fan from? <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our lovely message from one of our sponsors. Um, in this next bit here, we're going to highlight an entertainer that we me and Coco both really enjoy and someone who really speaks to the theme of this podcast. Uh, Coco, who are we highlighting this week? So this week we're going to highlight Mercury Dabs. So Yes. Yeah, Mercury is absolutely fantastic. And because this is our first episode, we wanted to do somebody who's new to drag. That was one of the requirements, but somebody also who seems like they're really driven for it. And so Mercury just started doing drag recently and performing in shows uh-huh. and um, is super kind and honest and really fun to work with. And she's just like one of those people who you want to have in a dressing room with you, which, you know, uh-huh. we'll talk about what that means later in future episodes too. Exactly. Yeah. And if you guys want to check out Mercury, she is on Instagram at dabs of Mercury. That's D A B S of O F. Then Mercury, like retrograde, but not because she's nice. um so yeah i mean she's really sweet i've had the opportunity of getting to know her before she really started exploring drag she's part of the toy box family um which is kind of a new powerhouse group coming up in portland of a lot of um mixed age entertainers both underage and of the you know club performing age as well so i'm interested and excited to see where she goes on her journey yeah me too me too definitely and then 
just so you all know, this is a limited series podcast. We're not going to keep going indefinitely. We have 10 episodes mapped out that we're going to go in for you guys to really give you kind of your manual on what to do and what not to do as a new queen. Um, brief glimpse into what we're talking about next week. Our topic is the do's and don'ts of your first night out. So we're going to talk about things of, you know, what to expect when you're going out for the first time in drag, maybe some things you should be aware of, some things you should avoid, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so one of the glimpses that you'll get from next from next week's episode is you'll get um, absolutely that you should never just wear a skirt to hide your penis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, we are going to sign off here. Uh, I am Touche Douche Holiday. My Instagram handle is the Touche Douche. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. You can find me on Instagram at Coco Gem Holiday. Gem is spelled J-E-M, like Gem and the Holograms. So make sure to look me up there and give me a follow. Yes, and remember, subscribe to the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of Cooking Up a Queen. If you would like to be featured or place an ad, please email coco at thecdsdrag.com. Cooking Up a Queen is brought to you by The CD Studio. All topics discussed are opinions of the hosts that are not by any means reflected by The CD Studio or its affiliates. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Cooking Up a Queen is owned exclusively by The CD Studios. This podcast is executive produced by John Williams and Alistair Eliano. Original cover art and soundtrack provided by Alistair Eliano. Dubbed and mixed by John Williams. Thank you all so much for listening to Cooking Up a Queen with Touche Duche and Coco Gem Holiday. We will be back next week with a regular episode of a Gem of a Secret podcast. Um, and also keep in mind, we are doing our bonus episodes for RuPaul's Drag Race as well. Um, thank you all, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of a Gem of a Secret podcast. The hosts of HM of a Secret podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Jim Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Jim Holiday at Coco Jim Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at The Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is A-J-E-M of a secret podcast.com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at ajemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye.